Deaconess Tansy, and I'd like to welcome you to Liberty Christian Church International, where our church motto states, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If there's anything we can do to create a better worship experience for you, reach out to us at www.lccimd.org. We'd love to hear from you. And again, welcome. Blessings to you, family. This is Pastor Lewis Johnson. I wanted to come on and just greet you in the name of the Lord. Good morning, and thank you for joining Liberty Christian Church International Broadcast. I am away from home this weekend, just I'm enjoying a couple of days of just getting away from the normal uh, cycle of things in life, and uh, it's a lot going on uh, in this uh, in these days of uncertain times, there's a high level of stress, there's a high level of anxiety, a high level of insomnia, a high level of depression, every which way you look. But there are six words that I want you to write down, I want you to declare over the next several days as we go through continued fight against the pandemic in, in the next couple of days as we deal with the voting and things of that nature and the civil unrest that is that is pending. I will trust in the Lord. Let me declare that into your life again. I need you to say that with me. I will trust in the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Take a day and just breathe, uh, exhale, uh, pray, put your life before the Lord, put your thoughts before the Lord, and declare this without a shadow of a doubt. I will trust in the Lord. Regardless of your financial situation, I will trust in the Lord. Regardless of who wins the election, I will trust in the Lord, my prayer for you today is that you receive everything that God has for you as you walk into this next season, that God will do some amazing, supernatural, powerful things in your life that's going to make a clear, profound impact on not only your life, but on everybody around you, that you'll make an impact on this entire globe. I'm praying peace, blessings, and favor. I'm praying that God will bless every aspect of this service today. Get what you need to get from God, because God is not through blessing you. Stay tuned. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, we are so grateful for you winning the victory. God, you won the victory. <laughs> oh God, we bless your name. It's a simple song. It says, hallelujah. You have won the victory. Death could not hold you back. You, Father, are the risen King. And we exclaim, Hallelujah, God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just worship God for a second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest form of praise. The Bible said, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Let everything that have breath worship him. All of creation is subject to his voice. All of, sub, all of creation is subject to his will, his purpose, and his plan. And this morning is no different as we begin worship. We just honor God. We magnify his name. His name is above all other names. Hallelujah. I'm excited this morning that there was an empty tomb, there was an empty grave, and he rose from that grave with all authority and all power in his hand. He is Jehovah, yeah, he is Yeshua, he is God in your life. Just lift your hands in worship. Just lift your hands in worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is none like him in all the earth. There is none like him in all the land. There is none like him. There is none greater than him. And we just thank you, God. We thank you, God, as we begin this moment, this time, this worship. This place of worship, this place of understanding, this place of greatness, and this place of joy in his face, because he is God and because he is the great I am, because he is all that we desire, all that we hope for, all that we look for and choose in our life. And at this moment, as the songs of Zion have been sung, the the prayer this morning went forth and now it is time for the word. It is time to hear what thus saith the Lord and because he is God, we ask God right now and we stand in expectancy for what he's getting ready to deliver to his people. Somebody woke up this morning with bad news. Somebody woke up this morning and was a little bit older somebody woke up this morning and their child was gone somebody woke up this morning and their child came back home but this morning and this time is simply a time to praise time to worship time to just be thankful in his presence the apostle paul put it best like this that if i had ten thousand tongues i still couldn't praise him enough so with my one tongue i'm going to praise him with my one tongue i'm going to glorify him with my one tongue i'm going to honor him like never before and i'm just so thankful that we get this chance even as it rains here in our city and in our region it rains here but the the bible says that it shall rain on the just as well as the unjust and so as the rain falls down receive the rain as the life producing the life generating the life giving flow and water of God, the, the life-giving flow and water of God. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your worship today, God. Let it come to you as a sweet savor, as a sweet-smelling 
savor before in your nostrils and like it God because you love us and like it God simply because we're your people and we're honoring you and we're worshiping you so God now hide this your servant behind the cross so that the people will see none of me but they will see all of thee speak through me speak with me and also speak to me so that lives can be changed souls can be delivered that you may get the glory and honor you may get the praise you may get all the accolades now lord let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight oh lord you are my strength and my redeemer you are my joy and you are my hope you are my comfort and you are my peace you're my all in all. It is in your son Jesus' name. I pray. Let's say amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. 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 We welcome in our streaming audience this morning. And wherever you may be, do me a favor. Share this with somebody. Uh, God is getting ready to move tremendously in the house today. And if you have your Bibles, do me a favor. Lift up your Bibles, your cell phone, whatever you may have, your iPads, even lift up your laptops and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, of God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen 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 as we move forward this I, I i'm excited about this morning and i'm excited about this time because there's a special word from god on today there is a special word that god has released in this season and in this time and i told you all last week that we were getting ready to shift into something amazing we were getting ready to deal with prayer from a standpoint of the prayer shift. Somebody say prayer shift. Prayer shift. This, the, this place that we're getting ready to go for the next eight weeks and hopefully take us into the new year, into 2020, dealing with prayer and how the believer should pray and how the believer is supposed to pray and what prayer does in the life of the believer. But I need you for a minute to understand this, that as we begin down this road, I want to caution you as a believer that it's time for me as pastor to take the wheel to take the training wheels off the bicycle. It's time for me to stop feeding the milk and get into the meat and substance of the word. There has been too much going on. There has been too many situations that we've had to deal with this year for us to remain babes in Christ. And it's time for us to mature in the will of God. There are too many Christians right now that are leaving the church. Too many Christians right now leaving the faith and settling for 
for what the devil has called spirituality and settling for what the devil has deemed positive energy movement. And, and too many people have lost hope and trust because the church in itself, and this is not my condemnation of the church, but I just want to keep it real this morning that the church has been preaching this feel-good message for way too long, this, this prosperity message way too long, and now it's time that we get back into the face of God, dealing with the things of God, and setting people free, setting people free from bondage, setting people free from hurt, setting people free from despair, letting people know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, getting people back to a place where we're pleasing in the eyesight of God. Somebody say we're getting ready to shift. We're getting ready to shift into overdrive for this because now we see that the pandemic has happened. Now we see issues in the economy. Now we see issues dealing with our lives and our families and our things of that nature. And it's time to really deal with who is behind the root of all those problems. And it's the enemy of this world, the, the enemy of our souls, Satan himself, who has been orchestrating and sending his demons and his imps and his legions and, and to battle the people of God and dealing with and try to change the mindset of the people of God because the word says that he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So now we got to get into one of the most powerful weapons in spiritual warfare, one of the most powerful weapons when dealing with the life of God and, and dealing with the life of the believer and how we're supposed to operate. We're going to deal with something that, that seems trivial, but is so major in the life of the believer, and that's simply how to pray, how, how to pray, how to stand before God, how, how to intercede, how to, uh, how to deal with issues in our life, how to pray for our family, how to pray for people closest to us, even how to pray for our enemies. I know that just touched somebody right there because you got a lot of haters in your life. You got a lot of people in your life that you've been dealing with, and simply put, it's time to deal with them the right way. Somebody say, I got to pray. I, I got to pray and I got to shift some things. I got to pray and I got to release some things. But but the time is has been here and it's, and it's not standing still anymore because we are closing in on the last days and we got to get back to a place where we're the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ and, and waiting for Christ to return for his bride. And, and in order to do that, we have to look a certain way. We must be about that real yoke destroying, burden removing, stronghold destroying life that Jesus Christ lived in the earth. We got to be about all of this and making sure that if we do not strive to operate and live pleasing in God's sights, then ask this question of yourself, what are you here for? Why are you here as a Christian? Why, if you're not willing to live the life of Christ, if you're not living, willing to live who he called you to be, then why are you here? Are you just here because it's cute to wear a cross around your neck? Are you here because it's cute to wake up on Sunday morning and go to church and jump around and clap your hands and worship? Are you here just because that's your family tradition to wake up Sunday morning and to go to church? But I came by to tell somebody this morning, 
that that's just not going to cut it in no, anymore. We got to get back to sanctification. We got to get back to being holy. We got to get back to being righteous. And we got to get back to having a prayer life. And as I said, we're going to shift into overdrive with this prayer things. And I, and I need you to know that as he began to pour this into me, he began to deal with me concerning prayer. He said, my people have become comfortable with handling problems and situations by the world standards. This was what God was speaking to me as I was dealing with building this sermon series. And he said, my people have gotten comfortable with just dealing with their issues, their situations, and their problems. And they're dealing with it in a way that is taking my hand off of the fix and the solution for their life. They're taking their hand off of my things when it really deals with real spiritual issues, but you're dealing with them with worldly remedies. And he said, what happens when I dry up the land? And, and, and this morning, I want you to open up your Bibles to Second Chronicles, very familiar scripture we've been hearing in a lot of times in this, uh, in this pandemic right now, but God is saying something major in this scripture. And we're going to use this as our foundational scripture. So somebody grab your Bible and grab hold of it real quick and open it up to seven, Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, looking at the 12th through the 16th verse. Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, looking at the 12th through the 16th verse. And this is going to be our foundation scripture for this prayer shift. That means I need you all to memorize this. I need you all to get hold of this. I need you all to mark this in your Bibles, highlight it in your Bibles, because it's really going to change your life on to starting today. It's going to change your life for the better. And the scripture says this, reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayers and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are, guess what, called by my name, humble themselves and do what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will hear their land. Verse number 15 says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. Verse number 16 said, for now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Actually, uh, we're going to focus real quick on verse number 14. And again, it says, and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from their what wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. This morning, I really want to deal with this topic once again, the prayer shift. Somebody say the prayer shift, the prayer shift shift in and dealing with God and dealing with the life of how God expects the believer to really excel in their life. And see now, now, now when I was telling you before,
before that God was speaking to me and dealing with me about how the body of Christ has gotten to a place where they've let go of the resources, let go of the remedies of God, which is his word, which is his plan, which is his purpose for our life. They've let go of the, the, the remedies of God and went and found a worldly solution to spiritual issues. Like I said before, we, we, we see uh, that this new movement about just being spiritual, we see this new movement about just being uh, a living or looking for positive energy in one's life. We see this movement about telling people that you don't have to give your life to Christ to be positive or you don't have to give your life to go to heaven. But in this pandemic time, in this time of uneasiness, in this time of unrest, God has been speaking and saying that positive energy is not going to deal, is not going to deliver you. That positive energy is not going to heal you. That positive energy is not going to set your soul free from sin. That positive energy sounds cute. It sounds nice. It sounds appropriate, but it's not going to do what I can do. What I can do is above all things that, that you've ever been in your life. He said, what happens when I dry up the land? And we see in this scripture that it talks about the land drying up. He said, what happens when I allow pestilence to take root? He said, my people have forgotten what the remedy is for a turnaround. Somebody say, I need that remedy. I need that solution. I need that plan of God in my life. And God said, he said, it's time for a prayer shift. See, our scripture this morning deals with Solomon during a time when he has built the temple and he, he and the people were acting, the, the people were acting wickedly, but Solomon was still in communication and relationship with God. Solomon displayed as a leader what we will learn over the next eight weeks when we look at prayer differently. Somebody declare, I need a prayer shift. I need, I need a prayer shift. Now, now what is prayer? And, and I'm glad you asked me this morning. Now, prayer is simply this. I, I need you to write this down. Prayer is simply this. It's petition, response, adjust, yearn, and repeat. Once again, it's petition. It's the response. It's the adjustment. It's the yearning, and then it's repeat. Prayer is very simple for the lives of God. The, the, the prayer, is, uh, yeah, I did forget the E. I, I, I apologize for that. It'll be up there next week because I got something special designed for the E. But, but I need you to see what prayer is, what prayer is in the life of the believer. It's number one, the petition to God. Number two, it's the response from God. Number three, it's the adjustment to the instruction from God. Number four is the yearning to talk more with God. And number five is the repeating of the process. Number four, and if, if number uh, six was the E, it would be the eternity that you seek. So if you want to put that in, in your notes right now, the E is for the eternity that you seek. Uh, so, so now when you're dealing with prayer, prayer does this first. It's the petition that you make to God. It's the, it's the things that you ask God about. Now, 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 when we see in verse nine, I mean, verse number 12, as we deal with this this morning, and I'm trying to get through it because there's a great place to praise in here, but there's an even more better place for you to, to learn in 
here. And as we look at verse, what is prayer, get this, the definition of prayer by dictionary standards is this, a devout petition to God, a devout petition to God. Now, the other definition is this, a spiritual communion with God as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. In, in, in layman's term, it's simply this, an intimate conversation between you and God. The Bible said that we are to pray without ceasing. The Bible says that we should be before the throne of grace and we should pray without, uh, without doing it in public for accolades, but we should pray in our private closet because what we ask God in private, he'll, re he'll reward us in the light. So, so, so it's an intimate conversation between you and your creator, you and your father, you and your maker. It's an intimate time that that's spent revealing what's going on with you, revealing your petitions, revealing your desires. And then it's not only that, it's the response that you wait to hear from God. It's the response that you're waiting to see what God says. And not only that, you got, you got to understand that this, that, that it's, it, it performs and it produces a strategic method. Somebody say strategic. If we look at the 12th verse real quick, the verse says simply this, then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your what? Prayer. And I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Solomon did the first letter that we talked about. Solomon had, all, had been petitioning God for the people and for himself. Solomon had done what a lot of people have, have, have tried to do properly, and that's petition God. And now we see the second letter in prayer, the R, which is response, and we see God. We don't know the timetable. We don't know when God talked to Solomon, but we know that God came to him in this 12th verse and said this, I have appeared, the Lord, he said, I have heard your prayers. God, God was coming to give him a response and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. So this morning, I need you to understand this, that, that in the beginning part of this, we see that, the, that prayer, when we're dealing with a, a, a prayer shift, that first S in shift stands for strategic. We see the life of Solomon being very strategic in the place that he's at. So, so he went from the prayer or the, uh, the, 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 the petition and then the response, but that also was very strategic by Solomon and God. What is the definition of strategic? It's intent intended to render the enemy incapable of war. Somebody just missed what I just said. This means that if I am, uh, if I'm strategic in my prayer life, if I'm strategic in how I communicate with God, my desired outcome every time I talk to God is to make the enemy incapable of war against me. Somebody missed what I just said. If, if you really understand what the purpose of your prayer life is, it's simply 
simply this. It has to be strategic and intended to render the enemy of your soul uh, incapable of warring against you. I guarantee I got about five people right now that said that that just started praying right there. I guarantee that there are about 10 of you all that can simply say, I got to get a better prayer life. I got too much going on in my life. I got too much that I've been dealing with in my life. I got too much stuff that I face in my life. The enemy keeps attacking me with war after war. But when you look at the core root of it, it's because the strategy or the strategic way that you've been operating is not inclusive of a life of prayer, a a life of petition, a life of listening for a response, a life of adjusting to what God is telling you to do, a life that's not yearning, a life that has not expected internal salvation, and then a life that is not uh, uh, repeating that over and over again. This is how you pray without ceasing, because when you strategic with your prayers, that means you're petitioning God and asking God for something to do, for him to do something in your life. And, and, and see, so now when we see this scripture and in this text, we, we, we got to realize that not only that, that prayer, it does this. It identifies the strategic prayer of the believer, identifies sovereignty of God. It, it allows God to have sovereign rule over your life. If, if you are looking at verse number 12 and number 14, it simply said that in scripture where, where he said, if my people are called, who are called by my name, it, it identifies sovereignty in Matthew 6 and 9, which is our final route where we get to our Father, which are in heaven. It identifies the sovereignty of God. Now, what is sovereignty, you might ask? It's the status uh, the, it's the status and, and dominion, power, and authority and the, res, and the residency of God in your life. So when we're dealing with the prayer shift, it starts off with this, your petition to God and hearing the response from God and giving him complete strategic sovereignty over your life. Sovereignty over your mind, sovereignty over your marriage, strategic, the ability to simply say, God, I'm giving you dominion. I'm giving you authority over all that I got to go through in my life. I'm giving you dominion and residency in my mind. I'm giving you dominion and residency in my marriage. I'm giving you dominion and residency when I'm at work. I'm giving you dominion and residency over my all and all and often times do we miss this residency or allowing him to have sovereign rule over our life because we have gotten so much in tune and dealing with so much that we give God certain prayers about our life, certain things when we face issues, but but we're missing the mark of sovereignty, of giving him strategic sovereignty. When we look back at that scripture and we identify with what God is saying and what God is doing, we, we, we miss what He's really trying to identify with you. He said, petition me, get intimate with me, talk to me, and I'll be your God. Get intimate, get personal, get close to me, and I'll change your life around. Get intimate, get close to me, and get uh, get 
and petition me so you can hear my response. You may not always like my response, but my response is going to break bondages. It's going to break strongholds. My, my response is going to make you have to adjust to my will, not the will of the world. I, I need somebody to know it's time for a prayer shift. It's time to get back into the face of God on a consistent basis. It's time to deal with the issues at hand, especially when we're dealing with this pandemic where, where it seems like the water has been dried up. It seems like the locusts have been released. It seems like the pestilence has hit the land. God is saying, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, and, and that's another letter in shift, but we're not getting to that today. We're going to stick with the, the, the strategicness, the strategic sovereignty of God. It's, it's in a place where God is saying, I'm ready to release into you, but you got to be strategic about what you're asking me for in this season. Jesus said, anything you ask in my name, that shall the Father give unto you. But is it according to God's will what you're asking for? It is according to God's will what you're petitioning for. We, we, we've been in this society of microwave generation where we ask God constantly to bless us with finances. But, but our finances, are we, sovereign, are we sovereignly or strategically giving sovereign dominion over our finances? Are we saying, God, give me the money? Money and I'll do what I want. Or are we saying, or are we praying, uh, God, I need better understanding of how to handle finances. God, I need better understanding of how to, how, how to be a good steward. I, I need better understanding of what I should spend my money on, where I should sow my money, how, who I should, how I should save my money. Are we asking God for strategic sovereignty over every area of our life? There's somebody right now who's dealing with health issues are you strategically sovereignly giving God authority over your health or are you saying I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep on eating whatever I want to eat and, and I'm just going to pray that God heals me or are you saying God strategically I'm going to eat better and God I need you to sovereignly heal my body God are you strate I'm strategically going to give up the, the red meat and I'm going to strategically watch my calories and my, my, my cholesterol but I'm giving you sovereignty dominion because I know that you're a healer but I gotta play my part strategically about what I'm asking you for or what I'm even doing with my life I gotta petition you strategically about the about where I'm headed at in my life somebody say strategic sovereignty strategic sovereignty in my life and, and then if you look over at uh, Matthew 6 and 9 uh, that's a very famous scripture it, it's the Lord's prayer and we're gonna deal with what it teaches us in the Lord's Prayer. See, I came from an old church where, where my childhood pastor, Dr. Willie B. Allen, he went before he even got up to preach, he did the Lord's Prayer and he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is the father of the rich and the poor, the white and the black, the Jew and the Gentile, the Greek and the barbarian, which are in heaven. He, he, see, there is none like you, O Lord, in all the earth. I'm, 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 I'm telling you right now that when you're strategic and about honoring God, when you're strategic, when you're praising God, when you're strategic in talking to God, you're letting him know that he has full reign and full dominion over your life. He, he lets you let him
him know just who he is about with you. And sometimes we got to go back and examine to realize just the place that we've given God in our life. So somebody say, I got a prayer shift right now. I got a prayer shift with my life. And see, if you're shifting into overdrive with this. Like I said, we're, we're dealing with the strategic sovereignty of God today. So now his response is strategic and sovereign when it comes to you. God's response to you where he says that if my people who are called by my name. So right now, what he's saying that, that, that all of heaven is on notice, all of everything that's under me. He said, I'm the God in heaven. When we, we look at Matthew 6 and 9, I'm going to tie this in real quick. He said, our father which, is in, which are in heaven. What he's saying is my father who is above every situation in my life. Now, he's praying to the father who is above every caution or everything that the enemy tries to throw at you. He said, my father which are which is art which are in heaven he has dominion over my issues in my life he has authority because everything is under him there is nobody that can compare to him there is no demon that has the authority and the power that he has there is no demon that has the sovereignty that he has and when you look at what God is doing in your life you gotta realize that the identity or, or identify the sovereignty of who has a dominion over your life and then if it's not God, you got to get back into his face. You got to bow down and say, God, I'm sorry that I've taken, that I've given authority over to somebody else. And I need you to strategically come back in and wipe my area clean. Somebody say, I got a prayer shift on the way. I got a prayer shift on the way. Because now when we look at scripture, I need you to get this. He says this and and I, I promise you, I'm just about done. I'm, 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 I'm trying to leave you wanting more for next week. Number five, verse number 15 is Second Chronicles. The seventh chapter says, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. God had already told Solomon that I'm going to make this place the place of my sacrifice. I'm going to make this place the place of my residency, the temple that's pleasing in my sight. And, and prophetically, I've come to declare to somebody, if you open up your mouth with a strategic prayer that gives God sovereignty over your life, he'll come in and begin to wash you clean. He'll come in and begin to change the, the course of your life. He'll come in and begin to redirect your path. He'll come in and show you that the first shall be last and the last shall become first. He'll come in and say that that's my child, Satan. I'm taking all dominion. I'm taking all authority. I'm taking all rule back over my child and, and you cannot touch my child. He said once you pray strategically, once you petition me for my answer, once you petition me properly that I'm my response de de defines what sovereign rule is. He said now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. In what place? In the place that you are right now. I dare somebody just open up your mouth and begin to pray. God, I need your help. God, I need your love. God, I need your mercy. God, I need your salvation. God, I need you to wipe out some things that I did last night. God, I need you to free me from some bondage that I'm in. God, I need you.
you from to free me from being a liar. God, I need you to free me from being a thief. God, I need you to free me from being uh, promiscuous. God, I need you to free me from being a, 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 a whoremonger. God, I need you to free me in my life. I dare somebody understand that he said, when you speak, when you humble yourself, he said, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive. See, see the prayer of the righteous that availeth much. He says this, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. That, that prayer that you give is a sacrifice. Because what did he tell Solomon? I will make this the place of my sacrifice. And that sacrifice means I have to offer up something. What is he asking you to offer up? Your prayer. He said, I'll make this place the place of my, sac uh, uh, of my sacrifice. And if you offer up the prayer with your whole heart, with your whole mind, with your whole spirit... E.M. Bounds puts it like this, that, the, that, the, that man, uh, uh, that, that your prayer life is the complete manifestation and a total acceptance of giving your body, your mind, and your soul over to God. Uh, it, 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 your prayer activates things in heaven. Your prayer looses in heaven what you need loosed in the earth. Your prayer, when it's not hindered, and we'll talk about that at a later time, your prayer, when it's not hindered changes the environments and the course of your life. He said, if you offer my prayers in this place, I'll meet you. My eyes will be attentive. My ears will listen to you. God is saying that I'm getting personal with you. When you communicate with me, when you have this intimate conversation with me, he said in verse number 16, for now I have chosen and guess what? Consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. He's showing sovereignty. He said, once you pray, once you let me back into your life, once you open up your heart, he said, yeah, he said, yeah, I know what you've gone through. Yes, I know who you've dealt with, but once you pray and I, and now I have chosen, he said, first my eyes will see, my ears will be attentive. And he said, now I've chosen to consecrate you, consecrate this place of your prayer, Consecrate this spirit that you have. He said, now I have chosen and consecrated this house. Somebody say, he's choosing my house. That my, main, that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. I mean, it's constantly going to and fro in your house, looking to see what needs to be healed, looking and seeing what needs to be delivered. And as we deal with the shift that was, that's taking place, he's strategically putting that, that, putting that entity, putting his spirit inside of you that's going to take resonance, that's going to take everything that you had in you and kick it out. We dealt with evicted earlier. We just came out of... Of pursuing the heart of God and going from there and into a prayer life and dealing with the prayer shift. What you're saying is, God, come in, evict what you need to evict. I'm going to pursue your heart and I'm asking you to consecrate this house. Somebody say he got to consecrate. Somebody say it's time for a prayer shift. I dare you turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor wherever you are that it's time for a prayer shift. It's time for a prayer shift in my life. I got a strategic I got to strategically 
give God sovereign reign over me. Yeah. I know some of y'all sitting next to the devils in your life, but God is saying, if you let me in, I'm going to strategically take sovereign reign over it. I dare you open up your windows in your house. I dare you open up your doors in your house and say, this house belongs to God. I'm not even just talking about the physical house you're in. I dare you open up your mouth and begin to declare that by faith, this house belongs to God, that by faith, this house is consecrated by God. Yeah, I know what I did last night. Yeah, I know where I was last week, but by faith, by, by, by God's might, by my power shift, by my prayer shift, I'm strategically giving authority over my life into the house of God. I'm giving God everything about me. Why? Because he has strategic sovereignty over your life. He has strategic sovereignty over your mind. Those Things that you think, I'm just about done real quick. Strategic sovereignty over your marriage. Some of y'all, uh, uh, truth be told, I'm not going to tell you to look at your neighbor with this one. Some of y'all have gotten to a place where you don't even like the person you're married to right now. Some of you all don't like the person that you in relationship. You just there out of comfort. Get this, somebody needs to know that you got to give God strategic sovereignty over that tongue in your mouth. That tongue that likes to curse. That tongue that's reckless. Somebody needs to know that it's time to give strategic sovereignty over your finances. God, I need you to deal with me about that. Somebody needs to give strategic sovereignty over your kids and somebody shout it's time for a prayer shift. Somebody declare it's time for a prayer shift in my life. Why? Because I gotta change something as I end this year off. This year has been a crazy year. This year that we started off talking about the vision of God, the plan of God, and the purpose of God. It's time for a prayer shift to take place so we can get back to what God is saying in this season. Somebody needs to say, God, take sovereign, uh, take strategic sovereignty over the alcoholism that I got, over the smoking that I got, over the drinking that I got, over the cursing that I got. Somebody needs to tell God that it's time that my life changes for the better. I dare somebody sit there and tell God that it's time for a shift in my life. I, it's time to change some things in my life. It's time to deal with some things in my life. No, I'm not worried about the person that's next to me. I'm dealing with some things right now in my life and I got to shift right now. I got to deal with the prayer shift right now. Somebody deal with the prayer shift. Somebody deal with what God has been telling you in those secret places that I got to change something about my life. You've been dealing with the world and you've been dealing with other people. You've been dealing with other methods. You've tried to get alcohol to shift your life. You've tried to get Buddha to shift your life. You've tried to get Confucius to shift your life. But God said when you shift into the atmosphere, when you put my prayers into the environment, that it's time for a shift. Somebody declare it's got a shift. Somebody declare it's got a shift it for me. It's got to work in my favor. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to my purpose. It's got a shift in my life. It's got to shift in my life. It's got to change from the way that it's been. And my prayer changes things. Somebody needs to know that prayer changes things. 
I dare somebody let prayer change your life right now. I dare somebody let the God who said I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of Ishmael. I'm the God of Isaiah. I'm the God of Jeremiah. I'm the God of your life. I'm the God when you was good. I'm the God when you was bad. I'm the God that surrendered his son for you. I'm the God that saved you. I'm the God that shed his blood way back on Calvary's cross so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody declare it's time for a prayer shift. It's time for some things to shift in my life. It's time, God. I've been waiting too long. I've been standing by doing too much. I've been dealing with too many jokers. I've been dealing with too many demons. And it's time for a shift in my life. I dare somebody begin to glorify God. I dare somebody clap their hands and say, God, my shift is here. God, my breakthrough is here. God, I'm strategically giving it all to you. I'm petitioning you, Father. And you said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, bow down and worship and pray. So God, I need a shift right now. You said you'll hear them. You said you'll hear them. You said you'll hear them. God, so God, right now, we need your power. We need your presence. We need your power. We need your presence. We need your sovereignty. We need your worship. We need your praise to shift the atmosphere, shift the environment, shift where we've been and God said now because you're shifting now because you're changing how you're fighting your battle I'm here to let you know just what it is that I can do I dare somebody simply say God it's time for a breakthrough God it's time for more and God said because you are faithful and just I'll be faithful and just to perform it he said no good thing Will thou withhold from you if you walk upright before me? He said, I, there's nothing that I'll withhold from you if you walk before me. Hallelujah. There's nothing I'll withhold from you. I'll make crooked places straight. I'll change the environment to your life. I'll hold on to you. I'll navigate your life for you. But first you have to petition. Second, wait for my response. Too many times we want things quick, fast, in a hurry. But I believe God said when you wait, there's power. There's, there's promise in your wait. God said, wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Wait on the Lord. You prayed. Now you're waiting for the response. Why? Because sometimes your prayer shows you what you got to get rid of. It shows you what you got to deal with about you. And once you've dealt with your pride, once you dealt with certain things that God is saying. Then he said, now here's my response to you. My response is take my yoke upon you 
and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, strategic prayer calls sovereignty and God's personal attention towards you. What are you looking for in your life? All hearts and minds are full. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your worship, God. Now, God, let every word of my mouth, every word that you transmitted through this voice of your servant be pleasing in your sight. But we ask God more than that, let it to be followed by signs, miracles, and wonders. God, it's time for a shift in, in prayer. It's time to shift in the way we handle problems. So God, we honor you and we worship you and we magnify your name. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Listen. Listen.